from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. At the beginning of every new year, people all over America tend to reflect on the past 12 months and think about what they hope to accomplish during the next 12 months. Here at API, we're doing something similar. We're examining the state of American energy and providing our thoughts on how domestic energy resources can help the economy grow and improve U.S. energy security. To talk about this today, API's president and CEO, Jack Girard, has joined us in the studio. Welcome, Jack. Well, thank you, Jane. It's good to be with you today. You made a speech in Washington today about the state of American energy. What did you tell your listeners? Well, Jane, today I explained the significant contributions of the oil and natural gas industry and those contributions to our domestic economy and went on to describe uh, where it could contribute even further. Studies have shown that the industry generates billions in government revenue, creates millions of jobs, and it provides a major boost to our economic growth. Our industry, as you know, supports more than $1 trillion in annual contributions to the U.S. economy. That's about equal to 7.5% of our U.S. GDP. Uh, we've paid more than $178 billion, the government, uh, in the form of rents and royalties and bonus payments, and we've done that between 1982 and 2009. The oil and natural gas industry could generate another $1.7 trillion in government revenue if we were but allowed to explore for and produce those oil and gas resources in, the, in those areas that are currently off limits. In terms of jobs, and part of our message today is that the oil and natural gas industry today supports 9.2 million U.S. jobs. And studies and analysis shows we create another 160,000 by the year 2030 if those off-limit areas were opened up to development. Other studies have looked at specific development opportunities, such as those we have in the Marcellus Shale, uh, which is a natural gas development. could add another 280,000 jobs by 2030. Greater Canadian oil sands development could create yet another 340,000 new jobs. And all those are right here in the United States. So our broader message today as part of our speech here in Washington is that with millions of Americans out of work, it makes sense to us to encourage policies that allow the industry to do what it does best, and that's to produce energy of all forms for Americans, but at the same time we can foster job creation. This also means our policymakers should avoid taking actions that potentially discourage our domestic energy production. We've had some who believe increased taxes on the industry or perhaps regulations that we believe are excessive. Uh, both could harm our economic expansion and, candidly, the nation's energy security. As you mentioned, Jack, some policymakers have tended to see the U.S. oil and natural gas business as a funding source. The president's proposed budget called for new taxes on the industry, and some members of Congress have sought to raise energy taxes to generate government revenue. Why doesn't that make sense for the economy today? Well, I think just a few years, a few weeks ago, I should say, Jane, I think the public was very clear in the election. They said they had three priorities on their minds, and the priorities were jobs, jobs, and more jobs. 
and too often our policymakers have sought to raise revenue by taxing the oil and natural gas industry. But a, a new study that we've just produced from Woods McKenzie shows that there's a real danger in that approach. Wood McKenzie compared the impacts of basically two fundamental scenarios. The first would raise revenues for the government from fees and payments associated with increased access to those areas I mentioned earlier that are currently off-limits to development. In other words, the sort of revenue that would come to the government from allowing us the opportunity to develop America's oil and natural gas. The second, or the alternative scenario they studied, would raise government revenues from an additional $5 billion per year in direct taxes on the industry. The results show us that not all revenues created equal. When you compare the total government revenue impact from the two scenarios, what we often think of as access, access versus taxes, it shows that increased access generates an estimated $149 billion in additional government revenue. However, under an increased taxation scenario, those net revenues are estimated to decrease by $128 billion. So what it really boils down to is the negative con- economic consequences of higher taxes will in the long run more than offset any short-term revenue gains. But more importantly even than that, as the millions of Americans struggle to find jobs, the total additional direct, indirect, and induced jobs could exceed 400,000 in the increased access scenario. So simply put, give us an opportunity to develop America's oil and natural gas resources will generate many jobs, as this study shows, upwards of 400,000, while at the same time producing billions of revenue for the government at a time we have. We're running high deficits. The alternative in the higher tax scenario results in lost jobs and ultimately lost revenue. So we think it's a pretty clear choice. And back to your question, while some want to punish the industry with punitive taxes, in this day, at this time, that is the absolute wrong direction to go. But, Jack, there are critics out there who say the oil and natural gas industry should pay more in taxes because it isn't paying its fair share now. Well, Jane, we, we take issue with those folks who take say that. Uh, the oil and natural gas industry, we believe today, pays more than its fair share. And Let me just give you a couple of examples. In 2009, the effective tax rate for the oil and natural gas industry was 48.4%. Let me repeat that. The effective tax rate for our industry was 48.4%, which is nearly twice as high as the tax rate for the rest of the Standard & Poor's industrials. Their rate is about 28.1%. So under the current taxation system at this time, we pay almost twice as much as our peers do in other industries. Between 2004 and 2008, the major oil and natural gas companies paid $300 billion in income taxes alone. And those figures don't include the $178 billion that we paid to the government in rent, as well as royalty and bonus payments made for the right just to produce the oil and natural gas on federal lands. So when you add it all together, we are paying more than our fair share. We're happy to do so, but we think the best approach is increased access and not punitive taxes. 
That's the way to generate royalties and revenues at a tough time for the government. But equally and more important, back to what the public said during the last election, it creates jobs. And these are good-paying, well-paying jobs. That's the direction we should be going. You mentioned what happened in the, in the November election, but aren't there also polls that have indicated that Americans do not support higher energy taxes? Absolutely. In fact, I believe, Jane, one of the things that really came to light in late 2008, when the price of gasoline rose as high as it did, close to $4 a gallon, the public looked closely at U.S. energy policy. And I believe asked themselves the question, why are we sitting on America's vast oil and natural gas energy and not producing our own, and yet our prices are higher than they should be in this country? So I think at that point, the public really focused on that, and they began to say, what is the impact of our energy policy from a taxation perspective as well as the access perspective? Recent polls that have been conducted by credible groups like the Harris Interactive, which is a nationwide well-known polling group, found that a clear majority rejects higher energy taxes. And this is across the country, from Maine to the west to the Midwest to the south and the southeast. Another recent poll done by Rasmussen found that 54% of U.S. voters believe that the administration's decision to shut down the offshore development, the Atlantic, Pacific, and Eastern Gulf of Mexico, will not only harm our economy, but it will raise gasoline prices. So clearly the public understands the impact of these economic access decisions. And what the polling data shows is they do not want additional costs put on their energy, that they want reliable, efficient, low-cost energy And that's what this industry has done so well at producing over the many years, and we hope that will continue to be the vision moving forward. As you know, Jack, tax increases were not the only concern for the oil and natural gas industry in 2010. The very tragic Deepwater Horizon accident had a major impact on U.S. energy policies as well as on the American public. What are your thoughts about the accident and its impact on policy today? Well, Jane, as you know, the the Gulf spill was a tragic incident. Our commitment has always been as an industry to zero accidents, to zero injuries, and the industry works very hard making safety a top priority. But since the Gulf spill, the industry rallied together quickly and it's demonstrated its commitment to ensuring that safety is our top priority in all of our operations, our practices, and in our improved uh, response capabilities. Uh, in several ways. I think many are aware that we created a number of industry task forces to identify and to learn from any gaps in our operations or practices. We took those recommendations at the request of the President, shared them with the Department of Interior, and very quickly they adopted a number of them as part of the new regulatory regime moving forward. Some of our member companies uh, rallied together, developed a new quick response equipment to respond to a Um, unfortunate, tragic event, Uh, and our hope is, our goal is that it will never be used. But it's going to be built, it'll be ready to go to demonstrate we understand our role and responsibility and we're prepared to meet it. We've also increased our transparency by making our industry standards and best practices available to the general public. We're happy to have their input and have them share their thoughts about our, our best performing practices and what we do to ensure safety 
and make sure we can uh, reliably produce the oil and natural gas here in the United States. And we continue to work with the Department of Interior and the Bureau that regulates us to move forward with our offshore activities. So in light of the tragic event in the Gulf this summer, we have spent a lot of time and a lot of resource, and we recognize our responsibility as an industry. We're moving very quickly to even further improve our safety and our performance. We're committed to do that for the long term. We owe it to our employees and to the nation that have put so much trust in us to develop these vast energy resources. So we take our role very seriously as an industry, and, and we're working hard to uh, uh, make sure we advance our performance and our activities moving ahead. Much has been written recently, though, Jack, about the slow pace of the permitting process for oil and natural gas development in the Gulf of Mexico. As you know, the moratorium was lifted in mid-October, but very few permits for exploration have been approved by the federal government, and that includes production as well. So what are your thoughts on that today? Well, it's been very frustrating in, in, in light of the Gulf spill. Uh, we think it is very important that we enhance our safety, improve our performance, but we think the original moratorium that stopped the production or stopped the ongoing development activities in the Gulf was, was not a good decision. It was misguided. It was unnecessary. We can improve safety without shutting down the operations. We thought it was very appropriate to quickly move out to inspect the rigs that were there and those that were trying to move into the deep waters. But it has been frustrating working with the Department of Interior. We don't think things have moved as quickly as they could or should. And unfortunately, there are people's jobs at stake. There have been a number of who have lost their jobs. We believe we need to do everything we can to quickly put our people back to work, not only for their sake and for the benefit of their families that they support and their local communities and the small businesses and others, but the need to produce the energy the country needs. About one-third of the energy we consume in the United States comes out of the Gulf of Mexico. About 80% of that energy, that oil, comes out of the deep water. And about 45% of that energy is natural gas that comes out of the deep water. So the Gulf of Mexico is very important to us. It's very important to the well-being of the country and to energy security, producing our own domestic energy for the benefit of all Americans. So we're anxious and strongly encouraging the department to move quickly to develop the regulatory framework. We understand their role as a regulator, but we do believe they can move quicker to approve permits, to properly review those permits, and to inspect our operations to get our people back to work. So we've been working with them and strongly encouraging them to move hastily. Now, no doubt that was one of the recommendations that you had in your speech today, but were there others that you'd like to mention in the podcast today as well? Well, Jane, the other overarching theme I think that's so important to all of us is we urge the policymakers to understand the energy reality that we deal with in, this, in our society and particularly here in America today. The vital links that exist between the U.S. oil and natural gas industry and our domestic economy. As I mentioned earlier, we support 9.2 million jobs and uh, more than a trillion dollars in economic activity. And we have the ability to produce even more jobs and to create more economic activity. The voters spoke loud and clear. That's what they want. They want jobs and they want economic recovery. But as we look to the future, we really have two choices. We can either take this moment in time, which is going to be so critical to us, to the future of the country, 
and encourage more domestic oil and natural gas production to meet those demands I spoke of or and, and putting more Americans back to work and, frankly, generating revenue for the government. Or we can take an, an approach of policies that discourage our domestic development. Uh, unfortunately, that forces us to import more energy from other sources. But it means spending more money overseas because jobs will be created in the energy industry. They will be created, if not here, elsewhere around the world because energy is really the lifeblood of all the economies around the world. So we're really at a fundamental crossroads, and we have a choice. Do we want to create and produce American energy, or are we going to go elsewhere for our energy? So we strongly encourage the Congress, we encourage the administration to make common-sense policies and regulations that provide a fair and stable opportunity for us to produce the nation's oil and gas for the benefit of all Americans. Uh, we need a public policy framework to ensure that uh, future energy security for our nation, and that means producing domestic energy for domestic purposes. So, bottom line, we need to get it right. There's much at stake. Uh, we believe to do otherwise would be a mistake and would be a wrong direction. So we're encouraging all within the sound of our voice, let's get focused on energy, let's get beyond the partisan rancor, and the partisanship of the country, energy is bipartisan. It doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or Republican. You use energy. And so we ought to get aside from, uh, move aside from party labels and get focused on that which matters most. And that's for the benefit of all Americans to produce American energy. Jack Gerard, thank you for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.